What began with a father's desire to avenge his daughter's hospital murder, death by the CDC protocol that he had to watch by FaceTime, turned into his discovery that the United States government has always been on a eugenics mission against its own citizens. And now he's going after the right people. This is the Dr. Jane Ruby Show, and you're about to enter Truth in Medicine. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show on this Monday, February 12th, 2024. Well, Scott Shera is one of many millions of Americans that have lost a loved one or watched a loved one tortured by hospital doctors and nurses who are covered 100% from legal liability for their premeditated murder of patients through the PrEP Act and the CDC death protocol. His beloved daughter, Grace, got caught into the hospital system while his other daughter held up a FaceTime and he and his wife begged them not to force treatments on her. And they witnessed her death in real time. And his mission began by trying to avenge this innocent, beautiful young woman's murder. But what he found was something far bigger, far more corrupt and far more dangerous to all of us. A government that is not only trying to depopulate the United States, but that has been actively engaged in eugenics for centuries. And Scott joins me now. Scott, thanks so much for being on the show today and coming back. And every time you're back, we learn more about what they're trying to do. Well, we learn more because I keep learning more, Jane. It's <laughs> always a, a gift to be on with you. When I see you on the schedule, I thought we're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun because it's not only do we talk about um, what's really happening, but we get the banter going back and forth and people have <laughs> yeah. a real opportunity to learn. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. So the last time we were here, you went through some interesting uh, materials and you've traced everything that's happening now with the COVID CDC protocol back to a whole eugenics program uh, that's been going on in the United States for years. So I know you have brought a few interesting slides today with some new information. So I want you to kind of take us through it. Um, we'll do this in two segments. So I want the audience to know you, you want to stay with us for the second half um, because we'll have some, some more discussion with Scott and maybe some suggestions on what you can do if you've lost a loved one through this horrific system. So Scott, take it away. Well, before we start the slides, I need to preface the slides by saying, if you do not see what is going on as spiritual, you will never connect the dots as to what I have found. And once I realized this was spiritual, it opened up the entire um, perspective that I now have, which has helped me to discern what's going on. So when Jesus said that Satan is the prince of this world, he wasn't kidding around. I didn't really understand what that meant. I mean, I knew of Satan, but what that meant is this spiritual battle is a battle for souls, and it has been going on for 6,000 years. Satan is against the apple of God's eye, which is us, man. And in order to pull off what has happened, he had to sow some big whoppers as lies. 
And the whoppers that we are currently experiencing in real time have to do with population control and climate control. And then he had to change beliefs. And so the belief that we're going to start with that that is the impetus behind this slideshow is the belief in eugenics. So eugenics has been around before Jesus walked the face of the earth, but the current eugenics uh, mentality in the United States, I can trace back to uh, around 1900. And we started in the United States, we started a eugenics program to sterilize the population. Hitler adopted that mentality. And then what we did is we often do in our country is point fingers at everybody else where, while we're the ones who are more guilty of the greater sin. And so when we pointed our finger at Hitler, what we did is we brought at the same time, we brought the top 16, the top 1600 eugenicists back to the United States to perfect the current eugenics mentality that is on steroids today. So Jane, we'll look at slide four first. And so slide four is titled, or excuse me, I'm sorry, slide one is titled eugenics. It's slide four in my slide deck. Folks. So <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. The whole slide deck. In I got gotcha. you. notes, which is 37 slides. But that's okay. I'm going to cover all 37 because of time. But slide one is titled eugenics. And I'm just documenting the current roots here. All right. So then we, we quickly go to uh, the second slide is is the minion. So how does Satan do this? Once he's sold the lie, he's got to have people to carry this out. So I've listed a few in the second slide. Uh, the Illuminati, of course, the government, those who facilitated medical murder, including the ones who murdered my daughter, Grace. Uh, those who go along with unlawful mandates. So then we start seeing, oh my gosh, we're all in on this. And the biggest one, the biggest group of people that I saw who are in on this as I saw in our own church, which we ended up leaving. But then when I saw this in other churches, I say, oh my gosh, pastors are in on this. And pastors lied successfully convincing their flocks that Romans 13 says to obey the government no matter what. And Romans 14 is we're just supposed to get along with anybody. So then we can't call sin, sin anymore. And when pastors get involved in it, you can really see, wow, this is this is uh, the second Holocaust, and it's mirroring the Holocaust from World War II, but this time it's it's worldwide. All right, so then we'll move to slide three. This might be the most important slide. It's called banality of evil, and when we look at the banality of evil, so where this comes from, Jane, is banality of evil comes from Hannah Arendt that term. She studied the Adolf Eichmann trial from World War II, and she was having a hard time wrapping her head around how could everybody be in on this? And so this term banality of evil came out of her research. So banality means commonplace. So when you think this through, they, you know, COVID simply exposed the evil. That's what we should look at COVID as. If you mm -hmm. start going into the COVID dialectic, you're going to get lost real quick. And I shouldn't say lost, you're going to get spun out into a dialectic that is designed to spin us out. So then we start looking at things like, oh, we gotta, we gotta hold these companies accountable. We gotta have military tribunals. And I'm not saying all, all that shouldn't happen. That's not my point. But it's way bigger than that. They want us to focus on COVID. So then once people are held to account or they sacrifice Pfizer, for example. 
for the bigger good of their agenda, we can move on. Well, you can't move on from this because it has been installed as part of the fabric of our society. And that's what this slide, banality of evil, is meant to convey. And so I'm just going to cover a couple of things here with this sure. banality of evil. The first one is we have a <clears throat> disabled abortion culture. As you know, Jane, Grace had Down syndrome. And in the United States, 90% of Down syndrome individuals are murdered in the womb today. So how does that happen? And how it happens is that we have a disabled abortion culture. So when the young couple gets pregnant, they go in to see the doctor and the doctor says immediately, let's schedule your amniocentesis. And of course, the young people have no roots today. So they just blindly trust the white coat and they only care if their insurance pays for it. Well, of course, their insurance pays for it because they're in on it. Mm -hmm. Their standards of care, which allow for that testing to be done. Why? Because they want to eliminate the disabled from the population before they're ever born. So now their amniocentesis comes back and they schedule the meeting with the doctor. And he says, I suspect your son is going to have Down syndrome. I recommend an abortion. And they blindly go along with the white coat again. Um, and, you know, that that isn't just the doctor who is in on that, but it's it's all, you know, the entire system. You know, we have to have both people working. Uh, then we drop them off at the public pool system to be our babysitting service. And it goes on and on. I mean, this is this is why I call it the banality of evil. Mm -hmm. Then the other one I just want to quickly cover with the banality of evil is the nursing home culture. You know, Jane, when you and I were kids, it was unheard of that you would put a parent in a nursing home. But now as soon as mom misses the mail one day, the kids want to ship her off to a dementia center. And that the idea of nursing homes, when you start looking at the cost, the cost of nursing homes that has exploded in the United States is yeah. because of that mentality, out of sight, out of mind. When you look at the statistics with COVID, what happened in nursing homes, equivalent age population. So ages 70 to 90, nursing home um, uh, residents versus non-nursing home residents, the nursing home residents had a 10 time more likely death rate from the COVID protocols than somebody who wasn't in a nursing home. Of course, that was by design. All right. Right. And, uh, and Scott, if I could interject, you know, it's very clear from uh, all cause mortality and the financial systems. We know from Catherine Watt, that, and you, I know you've worked with her and her work. This goes all the way up to the Bank of International Settlements. And I did some shorts on this. You know, if they can, they got rid of a ton of elderly people. Think of the money they're saving. It's such a cruel, horrific thing. And yes, we the reason we didn't even see nursing home placement such that in the 50s and 60s is because we saw the value in the wisdom of our elders. We, we weren't part of this eugenics mentality. We were not even aware it was going on. So I, I, I applaud you for bringing that out. And I'll just step out now and let you finish. But you're, you're right on. And that's a perfect transition to the next slide. So slide four is about collectivism. And when you look at what's going on in slide four, there's a, uh, you know, it's a lot of verbiage, but in short, 50% of the annual federal budget right now funds Medicare, Medicaid, and the people on those programs. 50%, that's $3 trillion a year. So this is how they have um, gotten the spirit of collectivism in our society fabric. I mean, these people are too expensive. 
Ezekiel Emmanuel, you remember him from last time we talked. I mean, he's the, the chief architect of Obamacare. And he said that people who are non-contributing members of society, that's the people on Medicare and Medicaid, don't deserve medical care. And they have been purposely put on those programs to hasten their death. And hastening death is murder. I'm going to read right off of this slide, Jane. Uh, so, And I've read, sure. well, think this through. Medicare, Medicaid is the ultimate bait and switch. We payroll deduct so we have, quote, free health care, end quote, when we retire. Remember, we paid for this privilege our entire life. Right. And can, can I interject that it's not an entitlement like Medicaid? That's exactly right. Or welfare? It, right. We paid into We're members. So anyway. Right. We paid for it. But it's wrapped up in a bowl looking like the government is taking care of the elderly and the disabled. Then they program us to bow down to the doctor and they license the doctor so he can't be paid unless he follows the Center for Medicaid Standards of Care designed to hasten our deaths. So just think this through with cancer, Jane. So the person right now gets cancer in our society. What do they do? Well, first of all, they have an ailment. They go to the doctor. He does a biopsy. It comes back cancerous. So the doctor says, you know, he creates this false emergency because the person's already programmed to think cancer is the kiss of death. So then this false emergency, we're going to let's we should schedule your chemo radiation treatment for next week. And they can hardly wait to get in there because, I mean, my gosh, I get, I've got cancer. Mm -hmm. Well, so then they believe chemo and radiation are the only cures. The doctor's programmed to believe that and or he gets paid to only follow that protocol as the standard of care. The people are programmed. So then this whole idea is all designed to hasten their death. You and I were talking off camera. I just got my social security statement in the mail over the weekend. And I'm I had been wondering about this. I'm 60 years old, but when you're 65, you get this free healthcare, right? Called Medicare. And I've been wondering, I think I'm thinking, I don't think I want to sign up for this. Well, then they have a penalty if you don't sign up for it. Correct. The penalties, by the way, only collected. I did a little research on this because yeah, I knew I was going to tell you today. The the penalty only applies if you sign up later on. So if you choose to not sign up, you will never be penalized. Ah, uh, so, or or Scott, Scott, if you yeah. if you sign up and take it for a few years, uh, and then you decide to opt out, do they can they also you know tax you? It's it's a tax really, but penal. Yeah, I get, did. I didn't dig into the okay, opt but it's interesting. It yeah. Okay, but what was really got me into it? I would have wouldn't have even looked because I'm five years away and I just assumed I'm not going to sign up. But I saw the policy there, the the penalty, and then I saw really something telling. So I looked at an old an old one of my statements, and it says, "quote You have earned enough credits to qualify for Medicare at age 65." All right. So then this new one says same thing: You have enough credits to qualify for Medicare at age 65. However, you know, at you can also qualify at any age with end stage renal disease, permanent kidney failure requiring dialysis or kidney transplant. So why did they add that? That's rhetorical because you and I both know why they added it because remdesivir has caused renal disease. So now they add this because this is what our government does. They want us to have them look like a savior. So if they add this, look, we're, look what we and, did for you. And, and this, by, and this by the way, why, Scott, Scott, yeah, go ahead. The, it's a revenue stream for them. 
they tax Social Security income even though you paid for it already. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> All right. another. I thought I'd throw that that's in. Another right. No, that's I, I love it when you do that. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the you know it is it's such a joke. Um, you know, yeah. the the this is why I made a, a reference earlier where I, I believe I came to grips with this when I my wife was uh, wanted me to watch Shot Dead with her that documentary. And so I watched it with her and immediately after it was over, I said, Cindy, they're going to sacrifice Pfizer. Because when you look at what's going on, so that documentary is all about people uh, dying because they took the jab and, you know, they do not want to let go of this virus vaccine agenda. No. And Scott, you just, you just said something that was huge. And so I'm, I know the audience hates when I interrupt, but they don't understand we have time constraints or you say something that they need to know and you can expound on it more. You said they have to sacrifice Pfizer. Now I took this criticism, false accusations from Stu Peters, Karen Kingston. I'm going to start naming names. They publicly disparaged me several months ago saying, oh, Jane is a shill for Pfizer because she says we shouldn't be suing them. First of all, I never said either. I don't support Pfizer or any pharmaceutical company. I was in the industry for 20 years. I got out when this thing hit, saw what they were doing. Here's the point. You're right. You just hit on it. They're sacrificing Pfizer, quote unquote, because they're going to get you. You go ahead and sue them. You're in court for 10 years. You spend a couple hundred million dollars collectively. You get a class action check for a dollar fifty. You know, all the millions of people. And what happened in that 10 years? Pfizer's still going along, producing, making money, making trillions. These things don't. It, yeah, they're sacrificing them in the public eye, but nothing's right. going to come of it. Congress, who are all sellouts could shut down and restrict Pfizer from doing business in the United States if I, if Congress wasn't involved in the eugenics program. Now I'll be quiet. Thank you. Well, I actually think it could go to Congress shutting them down as part of the- They're the in Senate, on it. Uh, because they're all in on mark, it. Mark my words, Scott, you're going to come back five years from now and say you were right. I'm always right. I could tell because they sat there, watched our military get taken down, forced shots. They've, they've watched everything. The open border for three years, you think they're not bought and paid for? So that's for the audience. No, I know you know, Scott. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm learning in real time, Gene. I mean, you <laughs> have been doing this for a long time. I mean, I praise God that he he gave me this type of brain to want to research. And I mean, the door yes, he did. opening with this research. Yes. I mean, it unreal. He got me up again early this morning to research something that, um, oh man, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around it, but that's not the focus of this program. I'm no, but you'll on, have to come back and tell us yeah, about that new yeah, discovery. I'm working well, on a real big one right let's now. Let's wrap up on anyway. this slide, Scott, and then we'll go to break and then we'll come back and get through the rest of your revelations. Cause this is, this is affecting all kinds of things. It's not just about the hospital or the deaths. Okay. Right on. Well, let's hit then slide five because that will button up this piece. So okay. slide five actually has the statistics relative to Medicare and Medicaid. And when you look at slide five, you'll see in 1960, there was no such thing as Medicare and Medicaid. In 1970, it comes comes about and it's small potatoes. Well, then in a period of 49 years, from 1970 to 2019, the Medicare Medicaid cost increased over 10,000%. Wow, look at this. 
uh, I know you want to go over, go to break next, and then we can no, no, we're not. I mean, I want you to share whatever you need to about this. Besides the ten thousand percent increase in forty nine years. So what I said to you off camera, and I want to get it in now, is they're bleeding the country. They're bleeding the middle class. They're bleeding the treasury, which is filled with middle class assets. They're bleeding this country out. So and here's your proof. How they were able to pull this off. People don't realize it. I mean, they are able to, and, and I'm going to even put the word bleeding, what you just said in quotes, Jane. And the reason is, is because if you go all the way back to the early 1900s, I believe they created... Um, the Great Depression to set us up for the fiat currency. On April 6th of 1933 is when President Roosevelt made everybody with more than $100 in gold turn their gold in for fiat currency. Oh, my God. And when the fiat currency became the standard, that gave them the license to print money. So now they can use, remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. So now they can use money to fund any single thing that they want. They have no accountability because there's no assets behind the money. Mm -hmm. That's how I believe they were able to pull this off. I think the fiat currency is a big piece of, uh, because if you have to be accountable, if you have to balance a budget, just think through what that means. You can't, then you can't buy people because you don't have an unlimited checkbook. They have an unlimited checkbook to buy people. We're going to, I want to hit one more then since we have time. If you go to the next slide, uh, slide six is Congress, Congress's involvement and Congress's involvement. So you think, um, oh, we can do a congressional investigation. Believe me, that would be as much of a waste of time as a class action lawsuit against Pfizer because they set up a series of laws. And you mentioned Catherine Watt, and this is where I got this information from because she's also a researcher and she went back and laid out all the laws that they set in place since 1969 to pull off this current psyop. Correct. Which, that, that's why I say every Congress is guilty. The current correct. Congress is all bought and paid for. Every president has been in on this. And I mean, when I use the word every and I get angry, Scott, I mean every. And here's your proof right here on this slide. Right. I mean, we want to uh, look at Ronald Reagan as the greatest president in our lifetime, and yet he signed the National Vaccine Program and, and Vaccine Correct. Competition Program. I mean, so, you know, we we look at it in relative terms. Yes. Then, you know, people who are, you know, they're the people who are sold out on Trump, you know, does he, you know, he's the one who who made sure that we got the jab as you know fast as humanly possible. So we don't think that he's in on it. Why isn't he, why isn't he renounced the jab? You know, just- A lot of know, concerns. But, but, but if you stay with this congressional timeline that Catherine Watt is putting, by the way, she's gone way, be, way earlier than 1969, but you, this is yes. excellent that you bring this forward. People need to understand every Congress and every president has sold you out and they're still selling you out. The whole thing is theater. Now, Scott, I absolutely have to go to break. We're way over. Right. Um, and so I want to come back. Uh, we're going to talk more about this congressional inactivity and how ridiculous it is. And then you've got a few more slides and what you're doing is God's work because it's, I know your daughter's proud of you because this is, you have uncovered a Pandora's box. Um, when we return, we're, we're going to talk to Scott more about this U.S. 
eugenics program and everything he's discovered. He's not alone, but he's one of the forerunners. And it's just, I just, it just gives me such great hope. So uh, I'll be right back. And speaking of fiat and currency, listen to the, my first ad here, because you should be doing something about protecting your on your digital record of your retirement savings with something physical. We're going to go back to physical gold and silver. I'll be right back with Scott Shera. Don't go anywhere. Hi, everyone. Dr. Jane Ruby here with a quick message on how you should be protecting your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRAs. Did you know that you can protect them with physical gold and silver to avoid losing everything that you've built over your lifetime? Please call the experts at Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. At least talk to an expert. Learn more about how you can protect what you've built up so that if things go crazy, as we know they will in this economy, you've got some of your investments protected with tangible physical gold and silver. Every bit as valuable as real estate, something you can touch, they can't turn off, you know, with a flick of a switch. Call the people at Augusta Precious Metals. They're wonderful. They will educate you on what this is all about and what you need to do. And they will also provide you with some warnings about how to protect yourself from other companies that may be spreading lies and scamming you. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 888-836-1890. I'm Dr. Jane Ruby, and I want to introduce you to the incredible Shungite products from Modern OM. This rare 2 billion year old mineral comes from ancient deposits in Russia, guards against harmful EMF radiation, possesses unparalleled antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties, and purifies air and water. It boosts energy, aids in relieving stress, and balances your body and mind. Let me show you a couple of items that I'm particularly excited about. There's the sphere, which is especially made for the bedroom. Better sleep. The cube for your office. It has grounding properties. And of course, my, one of my personal favorites, the pyramid, which is for the more active areas in your life. And I've been blown away by the personal hygiene products like the Recharge Bar. Vitamin and mineral rich, detoxifying, hydrating, they smell amazing. And don't forget the individual pieces, multiple pieces you can put on your computer and your iPads to protect you from the inescapable EMF every day. So check it out today at modernom.co forward slash ruby or click on the link below. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show tonight. We're here with the amazing Mr. Scott Shera. I uh, hope you've, if you haven't seen the first segment, people jump around, you, you better watch it. It'll save your life someday, soon. But but Scott, when we went to break, you were about to, you want to move into talking about the CMS, which is the Center for Medicaid and Medicare, because this is part of this entire U.S. eugenics program and we just when we left for break we were talking i don't want to lose this we're talking about the record that part in part that Catherine watt has put together to show that the government has always been a eugenics program the u.s government you don't have a government so scott take it away with your next slide on center for medicaid and medicare 
So what they did, Center for Medicaid Services joined forces with the medical insurance industry and they started writing standards of care in the early 80s. So that made sense, right? We standardize our care. So they use they use this phraseology to get us off track. Mm. Well, standards of care, as we have learned, you know, COVID exposed this, Jane, as you know, the standards of care were designed to kill people. Well, you know, as I explained with cancer, this has been going on for a long time. And what I learned myself when I developed heart disease is that if you do not follow their standards of care, I'm not on Medicare or Medicaid, but the nurse that was uh, the doctor's nurse, when I, when I learned I had heart disease seven years ago, she said, Scott, I want to tell you something you're not going to like to hear. She said, if you do not get on the statin, which was the standard of care. Anti-cholesterol. Yep. Yep. Uh, we we will our Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement rates will go down. And I said, how is that possible? I'm not on those programs. She said, our our reimbursement rates are based on the entire patient population. So if we have enough people like you who reject the standards of care, we have to fire you from our patient base to keep our percentages up. All right. So then I want to wow. go on. To, wow, it's yeah, all I mean, for that, profit. You think your doctor cares about you? Scott yeah. just showed you the proof. The doctor doesn't give a rat's butt about you. No doctor does. <laughs> right sorry. on. And your state Not legislators sorry. don't either, which is the next slide. We'll go to slide eight, which I have titled state laws. Well, I, you know, I'm intimately familiar with the Wisconsin state law because of our lawsuit. But this this concept applies to all 50 states. Mm. They have they have enacted laws for the the, the informed consent. So informed consent is in God's law, right? He says, treat your neighbor as yourself. So Jane, you know, you would want your patients to know what's going on before you do it, right? That's just that's just logical. You inform them and then they mm -hmm. give you their consent. So we don't need to codify informed consent in state statute, but they do it for a very specific reason. If you read the state statute, which I've got the glimpse of it up on the screen mm -hmm. uh, with that slide, you'll you'll think, well, it's logical and it is logical. However, they put this in a statutory form. By the way, it violates the state constitution because the state constitution says we have a right to life and Congress can make no law as ex post facto which means they can't make a law to take away your right to life. Well, they did this with the informed consent law. So this innocent looking law, the reason they do it is because now the consequence for a doctor not following the informed consent statute is you have to file a claim with the medical examining board. Mm -hmm. And the medical examining board is made up of 10 doctors and three lay people. So this is, would be like the traffic cop giving his buddy traffic cop a ticket when he catches him for speeding. I mean, it doesn't happen. As I found out, not only did I file a claim with the medical examining board, but a pharmacist who reviewed Grace's records and wrote a hundred page complaint against the doctor who murdered Grace, they rejected both those complaints the medical examining board did because, you know, the, of course the doctor can do no wrong. All right, I wanna right. move on. And, and, and I wanna reiterate who enacts laws your representatives, if you think they're not compromised, you're nuts, every last one of them. But Dr. Jane, Dr. Senator Ron Johnson held a hearing, at least Rand Paul yeah. is talking about it. Yeah, they're talking about it because they're paid to talk about it, to keep you with the pacifier in your mouth. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, you're you're right on. I mean, I- Disgusting. Those, guys, those two guys are great examples of how I see they, 
they used the counter narrative, the evil, less evil approach to get us sucked into thinking something's happening. They're but frauds, filthy frauds. They could have already done something. Yeah, it's, you're spot on. I've got a lot of information on that. But well, I'm going to do a show on that. Let's do a show on that, Scott. <laughs> well, that, that would be <laughs> next time we can get you into this into your schedule because you're busy. Okay. All right. The next slide is about what about district attorneys? And you know, you would think that the district attorney would at least want to see what we have as evidence. So we had an attorney write our district attorney in Appleton, Wisconsin, July 19th of 23, which is the next slide that's titled DA. And, and I took a couple of clips out of their response back. So they responded back on July 26th of 23. So just seven days later. And they I, I took two clips out of their response, Jane. One says the death certificate states the cause of death was acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia mm -hmm. as a consequence of COVID-19. This is the official cause of death. Obviously, Dr. Shokar did not cause Grace to contact, contract COVID. But just think of how stupid this response is. This is from the district attorney in Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm. Well, th that's not what we're accusing Dr. Shokar of. We're not accusing Dr. Shokar of giving Grace COVID. It's what he did to her. I mean, he gave her three meds that would have killed anybody and put an illegal do not resuscitate order on her. Then they also wrote, Jane, quote, a doctor is not required to administer treatment she or he believes is not medically effective. This includes authorizing a do not resuscitate order. The parties clearly had a dispute about how Dr. Shokar should treat Grace. Dr. Shokar did not abide by the wishes of the family. However, there is no law in Wisconsin that requires him to do so. Wow. I mean, it's, it's this is falls into the category of you can't make it up. It is so it and is so stupid. And you remember Scott, the title of this whole thing is they are all in on it. They're all Don't in on it. Down. And here's the, here's um, it just it, it blows my mind because I want people to understand something, Scott. This is not just a piece of history. The hospitals are still operating under this. You right. are at risk if you go to a hospital. Okay. The public health emergency was just extended until December 31st of 28 last week. Which extends protection legally for hospitals to kill you and maim exactly. you and give you things you don't want. Okay. Just want to make sure people understand what you're saying, Scott. I want to go to one other uh, group that's in on this, the Joint Commission. So the mm -hmm. Joint Commission is the accreditation yes, organization it is. For that's hospitals. supposed to be independent for hospitals. Hospitals want that you know stamp of approval, the, the gold medal seal, right? They want that approval. So we also filed a complaint with the Joint Commission. And of course, what we got back, which is that slide, so it's slide 10, the Joint Commission slide, is okay. we got a form letter back. And of course, the hospital did no wrong. We're we're actually going to subpoena the Joint Commission as part of the lawsuit to see what did they do anything. This is a brilliant thing to do. And let me let me add, Scott, because I've treated thousands of patients in my career in hospitals and ICUs. If we had a a a, 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 a uptick in deaths on a particular unit or service, like oncology or surgery, the Joint Commission representatives were in there within a week looking at your protocols what is happening got to make it there's something happening maybe it's a in right. hospital which is nosocomial infection maybe it's something decisions maybe it's a new influx of, here's why people need to understand that right so the joint commission was has been silent 
since the COVID hoax. Okay, just want to make sure Absolutely. people understand that it's we called it JOCO for short, the acronym. Joint Commission was very active in hospitals. Now they're paid to be quiet. So, Gene, you asked, or, or I think you introduced the second half is, are we going to talk about what we can do? And the answer is yes, because I think in the next slide is titled Repent, slide mm. 11. And I think it's the most important slide in the slide deck because this is what people are missing. I see COVID as a call to repentance. We've got a whole bunch of people in this new great awakening movement that are calling for all kinds of things other than what is the reality. And the reality is we got to this point in our history because of rejecting God. So consequently, the only way out of it is through acknowledging our rejection and repenting. Mm, that mm -hmm. The God of the Bible, that is his character. And if you, you can go back to Genesis 18 and see when Abraham asked God if he's going to, would he, would he destroy Sodom if there's 50 righteous people? And ultimately, you know, Abraham realized, oh my gosh, I made the number too high. And he goes all the way down to 10. And God says, if you can find 10 righteous, I won't destroy wow. the city. Well, that's where we're at. You know, think about we have, we're calling good evil and evil good. So I think COVID was a clear warning to repent. And after you repent, there is things that you can do. And it's, it, the quote from Edmund Berkey is the first one on the screen. It says, evil prevails when good men do nothing. The James 4.17 reference is really important. It says, so for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. That means if you do nothing, once you know something, mm -hmm. you become an accomplice to the crime. And then most people would be familiar with Diedrich Bonhoeffer. He did what pastors should be doing. And he did it during World War II. Silent, and he said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And then the final slide, Gene, that I have is a picture of my beautiful daughter, Grace. And you see the, the poster that we put together. This was right outside the courthouse when we had our, our first victory in the lawsuit. Uh, and mm. we have a little note that says, you messed with the wrong girl. <laughs> and uh, so where does this all fit? I mean, we're we're going to find out. We have our jury trial, as you will remember, starts November 4th. We have a three-week jury trial that starts the day before the presidential election. And mm. I'm not putting any faith in a jury trial, by the way, Jane, because it's part of the Antichrist system. And we're using that as an opportunity to expose what's going on. Can you take a moment or two and um, refresh the uh, the audience memory um, on, we, we've said, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to sue these giant corporations. We have to approach taking them down in different ways, but th that you have a lawsuit. Can you just clarify who it's sure. against, what premise you're using to, to, to nail these killers outside of their protections in the PREP Act? So we did a, a lot of research at the beginning to figure out how are we going to thread this needle given the PREP Act. And so we chose to file in state court versus federal court. We're choosing to make this not about COVID because it isn't about COVID. It's, it's about hastening death. It's about murdering people. This is a civil case, not a murder case because you have to do a murder case through the district attorney. You know, and I read out of the district attorney's letter earlier, but we still think that this is going to happen for the murder piece, but we're letting this case develop first. So it's a civil case in state court. And the premise behind it is 
first medical malpractice that gets you so wrongful death medical malpractice gets you into that system okay all right but that's not what we want a medical malpractice claim is a dime a dozen because it's not medical malpractice medical malpractice means negligence and what we're able to do and the judge has allowed the entire case to go to trial is we have the first common law medical battery claim that's been filed in over 60 years this is critical because then you get into these doctors can't use the excuse that it was an accident. Medical battery is not an accident. And the reason that's critical is because it opens up a lane for every other person. It extends the statute of limitations for filing mm. and it takes away the, the state law caps on damages to the for the plaintiff so there's a in medical malpractice in wisconsin there's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar cap now we have no cap we're not after the money we've already said we're not taking any of the money if we win um but we're doing this to expose evil and how we did that very specifically so i just gave you kind of the outline of the case mm -hmm. but the other thing that we did is in addition to filing against saint elizabeth's ascension hospital uh, which is the hospital that grace was murdered in we also filed against five doctors and two nurses. And the reason we did that is because while the, you know, the government incentivized the hospitals, so they're all guilty, the individual doctors and nurses are the ones who pulled the trigger. And so if you hold those individual doctors and nurses to account, our goal in the lawsuit is to, you know, we're shedding light on evil, but we want to stop the behavior. Mm -hmm. And so this lawsuit puts every doctor and nurse in the entire country that you can be held to account for your actions. And it's not an excuse. You can't use the excuse of malpractice following protocols. It's a battery. Absolutely. I love this. Now, you mentioned a um, couple of questions. Let me follow up. A couple right. of questions. You mentioned the first common law case uh, in 60 years. Can you shed a little light for everybody on the difference between is it common law versus maritime law or what help me out with um, why that is significant I, sure what's significant is that the the legal precedents in how they pulled this off jane is is by state statute they made everything they try to make everything as a medical malpractice case okay then so for example lack of informed consent is a battery but yes. through precedent what they did prior cases over the last 60 years, they were able to construe all those cases as medical malpractice. So they were able to finesse putting lack of informed consent underneath medical malpractice. That's wrong. Those are two separate claims. So we have those as two separate claims, but through precedent. So precedent means prior court cases. That's, by the way, that whole concept is illegal because it goes against common law. Common law says, no, we have a right to life. We have, a, we have basic rights and you can't violate those rights. So when we filed our amended complaint on July 28th, we wrote an extra claim into it, a common law claim for battery. So it gets outside of the legal precedent. Well, that set up uh, two motions to dismiss, which the judge heard on October 30th, which that was a big deal for us. I mean, because we wanted the common law battery claim to survive. This whole case is about a common law battery. And that's why we're doing it. I mean, Grace is representing 1.2 million murders during this 39-month COVID debacle. And 
you know, wow. in order to for her to represent it, all those people, they you got to get outside of the lane that they want us in so that you know they have all these caps. And just a sidebar with the cap for medical malpractice, the state statute requires the doctors to have medical malpractice insurance. So that's they don't even have to pay for their own attorneys. You know, so no you know, so if they lose, it doesn't hurt them one bit. Right. This battery is is meant to stop a behavior. You said um Grace represents, did you say 31 million medical murders? 1.2 million. Oh, I'm sorry, 1.2 million. That had COVID as a diagnosis in the hospital. Okay, with COVID as a diagnosis, because that's a great right. statistic, and I trust your, your work. Um, so this has been genius to orchestrate and set up this um, going after them for their accountability and stopping their behavior by medical battery. I want people to understand this because there are a lot of people out there, Scott, that suffered the same horrific loss you did under this. I know. I mean, I talk, it's... Uh, and they've it's been tough. told by lawyers, hey, I'm sorry, wish I could help you, but, you know, the prep back has them covered, the med mal thing has them covered. They're not 100% covered. They're not. They're not. I mean, and that's the... You know, lawyers are starting to wake up to it. I mean, it is a slow process, the programming, Jane, of everybody. But, you know, we can't put our faith in lawsuits, folks. You know, and I'm not putting my faith in lawsuits. Right. If the legal team would not let me speak out, we wouldn't have a legal team. You know, they, you know, typical legal team doesn't want their client out blabbering like I am, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, if they, if they would have told me you've got to shut up, I mean, we wouldn't have a lawsuit. Yeah, us speaking out, everybody that's hearing this speaking out, that's, that's what we can do. We are responsible. We are responsible to be watchmen on the wall, watchmen on the wall when we find out something. Absolutely. That's what the James 417 reference. Yeah, absolutely. I said um, you know, we're, we're near the end of the show, Scott. I want to give you a last word, you know, in the remaining minute or so. But I also want you to tell people, who might be saying, well, how can I get involved? How can I learn more? The website, let's let's give people all that information and we'll put it up on the screen as well. The last slide has the website to sign up to follow us. So that's the grayshara.com. When you go there, you'll see it. It'll have a pop-up screen that asks you for your name and email. And that's by far and away the best thing you can do for okay. us right now is follow our case because we're going to have calls to action, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. you know, we need to pack the courthouse, for example, as we, we get closer. And so I'm going to be sending out personal emails to the people who have signed up to see if we can get that's you know, great get people to pack the courthouse. Our main website is ouramazinggrace.net. Mm -hmm. And that website has, you might remember, Jane, last time I had just finished up the medical murder series. Mm -hmm. And that medical murder series is exhaustive. That has 2,500 hours of my research in it. And all seven parts are linked linked there. Our documentary is linked there. So that site has, you know, research upon research. And plus it has cool things, you know, pictures of grace, videos of grace. Um, so if you go to that site, plan on spending a good 30 minutes to get familiar. And it's it's got resources. Uh, you know, this it's everything I've been working on since Grace's murder. You know, Scott, if people don't come away after you're looking at your work and the interviews that we've done together and, and your other interviews out there, if they don't look at this and see the evil uh, of institutions like 
government, like doctors and nurses that we put our trust in, like you were pointing out this blind faith. Um, these are killers. Are every one of them killers? No, but there's so many that are that you really can't take the chance. We need a new system. We need these, these big hospital systems that are incentivized by money. Really what you came upon with Ascension hospital systems and St. Elizabeth's is one of many, um, is the is the the money again you wonder how did all these people are in on it it's it's money and it's blind obedience and we're a numb society but again goes back to you don't have god in your life or your schools or your your government systems so i really appreciate everything you've done and again you and you enrich me and i learn so much every time and i get more angry i'm sure you do well. too I, it's it's channeling that anger, I suppose. I mean, you could call it righteous anger. I don't know. I don't think I'm um, at the level that I can call my anger righteous yet. But, you know, God gave me the spirit of forgiveness, Jean. And mm -hmm. you know, I can only say that I mean, if we if we could have that spirit on our own, there's no gospel. You know, and so thankfully he gave me that so I can become a spokesperson. And, you know, this is this is all I do now. You know, I'm working on either interviews. I've been about 800 interviews now, uh, the lawsuit, and then research. I mean, that is that occupies 75 to 90 hours a week. It's 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 huge. And I just feel, I always feel her with us in these interviews. She's <laughs> well, that's, that's fantastic. I really do. I've never met her, but I really feel her, and she's got to be so incredibly proud of you. You know, she's okay, she's safe, she's with God, but she's got to be just burgeoning with pride, like, that's my dad, so. Well, I want to just share a quick story now that you mentioned her. So she, you know, sure. she had, had this way about her, and now that I see things through a different lens, I mean, it's funny because this happened, uh, so she was about five years old, and I'm not, I've never been a fan of Walmart. <laughs> and for a lot of different reasons, but my wife, I must've done something wrong. Cause she said, well, you got to go to Walmart and get this, whatever. <laughs> I said, well, Grace, why don't you ride with me? And so she's, she's in the truck with me and I, and I start training her before we go. I say, Grace, just so you know, everybody who shops at Walmart is a zombie. <laughs> now we get, we get, we get into Walmart and, and so now, you know, this is just typical Grace. You know, she pokes a guy in the stomach and she said, dad, they're not zombies. I thought, oh my gosh. You know, she, <laughs> She was so funny, Jane. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. She was super smart. That was that was something oh. I always that always comes through your stories on her. Super smart. Um, what a love. And um she's with you in a different way. And uh, man, I can't wait to get to the loved ones. They they they're watching all this and they're watching over us. So good good job. Thank you, Scott. Thanks again for coming. And, um, you know, we'll have you back maybe in a couple of weeks if your schedule allows, because I want you to talk about some of those other issues that you've uncovered, especially about the realities of, of, the, of the government and Congress so that people understand what they're dealing with. And it's not just, you know, conspiracy theory. So well, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jane. I really appreciate you having me on again. Oh, my pleasure and my honor. Thanks, Scott. Well, that's it for tonight's show. I will see you tomorrow morning for coffee chat. Thanks for joining me tonight and for being with me. Uh, this is important work. And I just want to say God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America. Trying to pull her back. Have a great night.
Medical disclaimer, the Dr. Jane Ruby Show does not provide medical advice. The information, including but not limited to, texts, graphics, images, and other material contained on this show are for informational purposes only and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by your viewing or attempt to communicate with Dr. Jane Ruby. No material presented on the show is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment before undertaking a new health care regimen. And never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have seen on the show. Thank you for watching.